And I think that when you're in the trenches and you have just gotten that diagnosis and you're thinking of all the, all the what ifs, what if this happens? What happens when she goes to junior high? What happens when she gets a boyfriend? What happens when she goes to college? What happens when she gets married and has her own kids? Um, it can be very scary and it can take you down spirals you shouldn't and you don't want to go. But listening to this, oh my gosh, it will take you out of it. It will give you hope. It will make you smile. It just, it's just great. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. Hello, and welcome to the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast. I am Dr. Alice Hoyt. So excited to have you here today and so excited to have my friend and amazing co-host, Pam Lestage here back on the podcast. Hello, Pam. Hello. How are you? I am very, very well. Better than I deserve. Oh, um, no. You deserve <laughs> the best. You're so sweet. You're so <laughs> sweet. I keep you around. Um, so today, I'm excited about this episode. I tend to be excited about all of our episodes, of course. But um, this one, this is episode number 31, which very, very cool. Very um, exciting. So I wanted you to share with us your favorite episodes. I think you. I asked you for your top three. Yes. Yes. It was fun to go back and read the little info blogs about it and also go back and listen to them because even though I, you know, they are my favorite for a reason, it was nice to go back and remember why they were my favorites. So I'm excited to share with everybody. Well, let me ask you, did you have, and, and going into this recording, I, I haven't asked you a whole lot about what your favorites were. You texted them to me and I remember one, maybe two of them, um, of what you thought your favorites were. But other than that, I didn't ask you anything. So I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but <laughs> how, how did you, you know, I'm a very algorithmic person. How did you sort of approach what, what you thought was a good episode? For me, that's a great question. It was, I looked at a few things. I looked at the episodes that, one, I learned something new. Um, so for me, that was kind of important because I feel like I know, you know, quite a few things about food allergies, but there's still so many things that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, and and probably every episode, I learned something new, either from you or from listening to it if I wasn't on it. But these particular ones, I felt like they resonated with me because it either gave me an aha moment or something that I thought, man, that was great. I wish I would have thought about that. Or if I were a new allergy parent, that would be something that I definitely want to know about. So that's kind of how I went about it. And and also, you know, sometimes in the episodes, we do get a little more technical, you know, with the medical information. And I think that's all great. Um, but we also have episodes where we get into the medical information 
but they are more conversational Mm -hmm. also. And that to me, you know, just as a listener of podcasts, I really love that as well. So I kind of, that's kind of how I rank them. Just what was to me important because they're all important, but what was to me important enough that if you could only listen to three of them, these would maybe be the, the, the first three that I would recommend to someone who's never listened to our podcast. I love it. I love it. And if you're new to the podcast, welcome. And Pam, uh, she has two amazing little kiddos, one of whom has a food allergy. And you can go back and listen. I think it's episode two yes. where um, where I interviewed you about about your experience as a food allergy mama. And, um, and I thought that was a fantastic episode, but like I said, I think most of our episodes are really good. So, okay, let's, let's do this. What is drum roll? Um, Let's go three, two, one. So who's the second runner up? Number 28. Um, You just did this episode, but I think it is so important. So it is five steps to medical emergency preparedness at your kid's school, kiddo's school. Now, just before I go into it, I am on the board um, of the Teal Schoolhouse, which is the nonprofit that houses the Code Anna Project. So I just want to put that out there. Um, first and, and you make a whopping zero dollars. Make zero money. Um, Pam is a fantastic human being, and she volunteers her time to work with this organization. Just like all of our board members, myself yes. included, we all volunteer our time to help equip schools to be prepared for medical emergencies. So I'm not surprised that this is one of your favorites because I know how passionate you are about helping kids. Be safe at school. Yeah, I think that overall, this episode, you know, it breaks down the five steps, you know, to have a a good emergency plan. And in the episode, you talk a lot about, you know, if we have fire drills, then why don't we have medical emergency drills, which is so important because I can't tell you the number of times I've walked into a school and, you know, maybe the nurse knows what to do and that's it. And it's sort of been my job to, help educate her teachers or the front desk or whoever it may be. And I think that this just needs to be an, an overall, just overall across the board, schools need to just have a medical emergency plan. And I'm not just talking about what happens if someone eats a peanut butter sandwich and, you know, they go into anaphylaxis. It's, it's all across the board, which is what the Code Anna Project is. And I think for anybody who, especially ch- uh, parents of young kids who maybe mm-hmm. are not in school yet, that is a very overwhelming time. I, I think being a food allergy parent can be a very overwhelming anyway, but that in particular, because it's the first time where you're sort of handing your child off to somebody else. When you've always been that protector, now you have to trust that for eight hours a day or three hours or whatever, someone else is going to take care of your child. So when looking at this episode, especially if you're a new parent with a new diagnosis of child, a child who is not yet in school, listen to this episode, arm yourself with this information so that even if you don't have something like this in your school just yet, you at least come prepared for those meetings 
with the teachers, with the administrators. And then you can say, hey, look, I listened to this episode. Here's this great organization that does this already with experts that come into your school and they set you up. Let's do this together. Um, Yeah, I love that, Pam. Yeah. So I just felt it was very, just very important overall. But again, one of my top episodes because it was it's so matter. It's so matter of fact, and it's so sort of a no brainer, right, for everybody. And and it needs to just be shared across the board. And I, I agree. Number one, but it was my number three. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I I agree with you. This this episode, I I really enjoyed doing because it's it's kind of the other hat that I wear. Right. That I go to schools. I've developed so much educational content for schools. And Codeana now is in multiple states. We participated in legislation in Ohio just recently to encourage schools to have allergist-developed food allergy education so that it's not falling upon the parents to educate teachers about what food allergy really is. It's it's organizations like Code Anna and an organization we work closely with, the Allison Rose Foundation, to help bring that education to schools. We we don't ask schools to pay for, for this type of education. Um, in fact, if you're listening right now, you can go to codeana.org, C-O-D-E-A-N-A.org, and you can look at our very robust Code Anna school program which entails how exactly a school can be prepared for a medical emergency. And like Pam said, not just an allergy emergency, mm-hmm. but, you know, God forbid someone have cardiac arrest on the on the baseball field or um, a, unexpectedly have a seizure in a classroom. Like, how do you manage that? And our program goes through all the logistics. It really gets in the weeds. And if you are a parent listening, then we actually just recently launched Code Anna's online epinephrine training program, Parents Edition, which is our epinephrine course. And it's $25 and it'll teach you how to recognize and respond to anaphylaxis, how to use those auto injectors. And that $25 goes to support Code Anna as we just go work so hard to move across the country to get all schools prepared for medical emergencies. Because you're exactly right, Pam. I mean, it's, in my opinion, it's a no-brainer. And I think that a lot of schools or a lot of, let me just say that I was surprised that this didn't already exist, that there wasn't a very um, sort of formalized process to get schools prepared for medical emergency. But when I realized there wasn't a process, and I realized why there wasn't a process is because it, it does get really detailed. Right. But our program is able to 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 meet the needs of the schools, and I want everybody to have it. Yeah, so absolutely. check out codeanna.org. Like I said, there's school program, there's individual preparation. Super cool. Look, I'm basically repeating the episode. <laughs> okay. You got to cut me off because we need to go to, okay, Pam, who is the first runner-up. Hi there, this is Alexis from the Hoyt Institute of Food Allergy. Did you know that the Institute is the official sponsor of the Food Allergy and Your Kiddo podcast? And did you also know that you are now able to connect with Dr. Hoyt directly? That's right. 
we are now offering food allergy office hours for parents. These one-on-one virtual sessions are available for parents all across the country. It's an educational session, not an office visit, where you can ask all of your food allergy questions and finally get answers. It's as comfortable as having a cup of coffee with your bestie. Simply click the link in the show notes to schedule and mention this ad. We are so, so excited to connect with parents across the globe with this new service. Okay, now back to Pam and Dr. Hoyt. Okay, I was excited about this one. It's number 19, and it is called Food Allergy Prevention and Feeding Babies Potentially Allergenic foods, what does the evidence say? And this was the episode where we spoke with Dr. Brian Schroer about his, um, he had written a paper and I don't have the paper in front of me. Practical challenges and considerations for early introduction to potential food allergens for prevention of food allergy found in the peer-reviewed Journal of Allergy and Clinical Immunology and Practice. Y'all know I totally just memorized all that. Thank you. I didn't. I have it pulled up. Um, yes. And aside from the fact that this was, a, to me, a pretty easy um, journal article to read, which I, I found that very comforting that I could, you know, just kind of pull it up and, and read it and understand what it was saying. But more than just the information about the early introduction of foods, highly al- allergenic foods to babies, was what he had to say about the shared decision-making process Number one, he himself has a child with a food allergy, which I think kind of puts him at a level where he can really understand what a parent is feeling when they get that diagnosis, which I think is great. And you can hear it in his voice and you can see it in in how he wrote his paper that he truly does understand that this is a scary process. And because he understands that this is a scary process and also backtrack, he also spoke in the episode about how he was a patient himself, that he was, um, he had asthma as a child. And so he remembers going to those appointments also and remembers being told, Hey, you have to do this. But kind of implied that, you know, when he was told what to do, he didn't want to do it. That it was whenever he was sat down and they had a discussion together about why he had to do this or what his options were. And that just really resonated with me as a parent um, because so many times we walk into a doctor's office, excuse me, and they just tell us what to do. And it's not because they're not compassionate um, or they don't care about the patient themselves. It's just because this is the fact, this is what you should do. And and so go do it and get better. But with food allergies, it was just so nice to hear. And I know that you do this as well in your practice, but it was so nice to hear him say and write a paper for other doctors to read about why it is so important to just have that shared decision-making to know that this is such a scary time, not just for the child that you have with the allergy, but with your other children and the stresses that come along with that. And it just, I mean, I just, I was blown away. I left that episode, um, I, I don't even know really how to describe how I left it, but not necessarily empowered, but just excited that there are doctors out there who truly do this because they want to change kind of, you know, the world of food allergies and, Mm -hmm. um, and are doing it in such a way that 
we can feel good if if we if we have to feel good about anything with a food allergy that we can feel good that we're going to practitioners who just care. I know they all care, but that you really truly feel it um, kind of in their core. And he was so excited about it. And then just, again, the information about, you know, when he talked a lot about before the LEAP study, you know, his son was diagnosed before the LEAP study. My daughter was diagnosed before the LEAP study. And I'm sure you'll go into what the LEAP study is, um, a lot better than I could. But before the LEAP study, we were basically told just stay away from it, stay away from all the things. And that's how you won't have an allergic reaction. Whereas now they're saying, Let's go ahead. If you have X, Y, and C signs, let's go ahead and start early introducing that food. And what a great and what great information to have as a new parent without even, you know, babies or someone who's thinking about having babies to know that if we do this, we have such a higher chance of preventing your child from developing mm-hmm. that food allergy. And I think that is such invaluable information for people. So overall, I love the aspect of this whole shared decision-making process where your doctor and your patient come together to decide what the best path is for you, but also the part of the paper that breaks down all of the ways that we can take that shared decision process and try to prevent your child from developing this allergy. And just overall, it was just great. Go listen yeah. to it. It was one of our longer episodes, but I I think that every second of it was absolutely worth listening to. Um, I asked a lot of personal questions about sort of the fears that we have as a family and why we chose not to do certain things. And he was able to answer those just so kindly and so empathetically that I just, it's definitely worth the listen. Yeah, he he's a treasure. And I was delighted to have him on the podcast. That is a really great paper. And that episode was a fantastic episode. I agree with you. The LEAP study, learning early about peanut, L-E-A-P, totally go to foodallergyandyourkiddo.com and you can learn a lot more about the LEAP study. And But in, in a nutshell, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> no pun intended, <laughs> the LEAP study... Uh, the results came out a few years ago and it was really, um, actually over five years ago now. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. And the, the findings showed that if babies who are at risk of peanut allergy are given peanut protein age appropriate, not just giving a baby a peanut, but age appropriate peanut containing foods, that those kids who started it early before 11 months of age actually ended up having less peanut allergy than kids who were also high risk that strictly avoided peanut. This isn't surprising given when the uptick in peanut allergy was noticed in the 90s, the late 90s, that's when the recommendations were made to avoid potentially allergenic foods until age one, two, three, depending on the food. And those recommendations were expert opinion as opposed to evidence-based. Y'all probably hear me say (laughs) evidence-based a lot. Evidence-based means there is some sort of research or evidence behind the recommendation that's being made or the treatment plan. Now, is that to say there has to be a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled study (laughs) for every single decision made in medicine? No. There's still practice-based evidence, meaning we see something in practice regularly, repeatedly that works, and we apply that 
that approach to whatever medical issue as well. But when we're talking about evidence-based, that means like we've actually legitimately seen data that support whatever the treatment plan is. So an expert opinion is when the super brains of of whatever field is get together and say, based on everything we know, we think the right answer is fill in the blank. And sometimes the expert opinion is correct and sometimes it's not correct. And unfortunately, when it comes to peanut allergy, it was not correct. And so avoiding potentially allergenic foods actually increased the rates of food allergy because the little kiddos' immune systems were not seeing the foods early enough to kind of get used to the foods and they were developing allergy or what I should actually say, and I talk about this in one of the episodes, mm-hmm. it's not so much that they develop allergy. It's that kiddos don't develop tolerance to a food, which then results in the clinical state of allergy. Right. So I'll say that again. If you don't develop tolerance to a food, then your immune system goes the way of allergy. That's the that's sort of the the end state of it. So you're either going to be tolerant to a food or you're going to be allergic to a food. And once you are allergic, so take those little babies now, the 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 leap babies as as we'll call them, some a little baby who oh, what if they already have a peanut allergy and they're 11 months old, then now we have early peanut oral immunotherapy and I presented that data at the American Academy of Allergy Asthma and Immunology. Um in and how we do it at Cleveland Clinic, which is super exciting. There are lots of protocols for how to do early oral immunotherapy. What I love about the one that I was presenting was that it is a very real-world approach using peanut butter and tiny tablespoons. So you should check out that episode too. And again, all of this is on foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. Pam, I'm so excited that you know we've been doing this It'll be a year in July, and I'm so excited that we have so much really fantastic, strong content for our listeners, for the blog readers to to read, and then come back and read at different times to listen to, come back and listen to at different times, depending on where you are in your food allergy journey. Yeah, exactly. Which brings me to who is the winner of this pageant, Pam, who, which episode is your top episode? Which episode gets the crown? Joey DeGange's episode. It was number 16. Knowing the kryptonite is the first step in parenting a kiddo with food allergies. Oh, I love this. This was Joey's second episode. Second episode. Yes. This was the one. Uh Uh-huh. Because, yes. When I had him on, so he has an episode, I interviewed him um, a few episodes prior to to the Knowing the Kryptonite episode with his parents. And I thought this young man, he's he's getting his master's degree. I thought his story was so cool. And I said, you know what? I bet this guy has some really cool parents for him to be able to take something that can be as frightening as a food allergy mm-hmm. and combat it head on and not just for his own sake right but 
to try to help other people. Yeah. It's 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 just amazing to me. So tell me, yeah. what did you like about this episode? Well, this particular episode, you had him on with his parents and um, it was just such a breath of fresh air to listen to parents of a child who is no longer a child. He is an adult. And to hear them have the same struggles and concerns that I had, you know, all of these years later with my child and, but to know how well he turned out, right. You know, because I think that's one of the struggles that we have as food allergy parents is that, and they uh, spoke about this in the episode about, um, I think what he said was you need to get educated and find a balance because they need to feel normal, not different. Excuse me. And that is so important because I think sometimes we, educate ourselves so much that we can incite those anxious feelings and worrisome, but it's about making sure that you don't push that onto your child because you don't want one, your child to feel different and you don't want them to live life in fear because I feel like, you know, just in in normal life, but especially when you have a child with a food allergy, our base is worry and fear, you know, like that's just our home base. Um, and it's a very normal home base, you know, if you make it normal, but it can also kind of spiral, right? And we don't want our kids to live in that fear. And so it was just so nice to hear how just their story, how they found out and then how they equipped him to be independent, to advocate for himself, to know that he couldn't you know, just go places and not tell people that, hey, I have a food allergy. My favorite story was whenever, and this is in the title and why it's in the title is that his dad didn't want him to think he was different, that he was, you know, this strange kid. And so he told him that, you know, Superman, his, you know, he kryptonite is what can hurt him, you know? And so he has to protect himself from kryptonite and peanuts are your kryptonite. And they went on to this whole story about how then he asked, well, what's Batman's and what's yours dad? And dad said, well, it's broccoli and cauliflower. So if you ever see your mom (laughs) put broccoli and cauliflower in front of me, make sure you take that away, you know? And it, and it seems so silly, but when you're telling a three-year-old child or a four-year-old child hey, you're just like your superhero Batman. He has something that can hurt him. And so do you. And everybody has something that can hurt them. Um, It's just a matter of how we protect ourselves from it. I just thought that was genius. It was so genius. And I loved it. And And I hope that people can listen to it and say, oh, okay, so this is scary. And we want our child to know really what can happen, but we also want them to know that it's okay. We've told our, our daughter that she's a unicorn for, I mean, for as long as I can remember. And she's still at 11 years old, will go to doctor's offices or whatever and say, I'm a unicorn because I have a peanut allergy. And she was also born with a little hemangioma on her shoulder. And, and I was born with one as well. And so, you know, we told her, you know, not very many people have that. And, and, you know, and so, just to make sure that they know they're unique and their uniqueness is not a strange thing. And mm-hmm. I mean, this, this, this whole episode, it was just so good. And they spoke about um, making sure that when they went to restaurants, he was the one, even from a young age saying, Hey, look, I can't have peanuts. If you give me peanuts, it can kill me. 
make sure you don't have peanuts. And they just, they allowed him to have that voice Mm -hmm. and they allowed his friends to protect him and to help him be that voice because he also spoke about, you know, sometimes you are a little shy about having that peanut allergy, but you know, he had a friend, his dad spoke about a friend who, um, went out of his way to tell other people, Hey, my friend has a peanut allergy. Don't eat that around him. And how it was so nice because he had his protectors. Um, and then you also asked them, you know, maybe what their regrets were And his, he said that his really only regret that he can think of is that he didn't self carry sooner because he said that that was one of the things that even into his adult life, he can sometimes forget, which is, you know, why he's developed what he has developed. So go back and listen to that episode as well. But I thought that was just great too, because we do as, as parents and his parents shared, well, you know, you're right. You know, maybe we should have done that. But our fear was that you would lose the EpiPen or which is all of our fear. You know, my daughter started junior high this year and that was my big fear. Is she going to forget to bring her EpiPen? And so we started, um, having her carry a purse, you know, over the summer and making sure that she didn't forget her purse. And then we put the EpiPen in her purse. And now, you know, we don't even have to say it anymore. She just grabs her purse and she goes. And, and I think that it was just so nice. It was just so nice, honestly, just to hear other parents go through the same struggle and say, you know what? It was what it was. His siblings were scared and they protected him and we were scared and we protected him. But hey, we lived a really great life and he's still living a really great life and we had a fun life and we didn't let us stop us. And I think that when you're in the trenches and you have just gotten that diagnosis and you're thinking of all the all the what ifs, what if this happens? What happens when she goes to junior high? What happens when she gets a boyfriend? What happens when she goes to college? What happens when she gets married and has her own kids? Um, it can be very scary and it can take you down spirals you shouldn't and you don't want to go. But listening to this, oh my gosh, it will take you out of it. It will give you hope. It will make you smile. It just, it's just great. And I just, I just went off, you know, talking about it, but it's just so good. It's so good as, as parents, it's just so good to listen to this episode. Honestly, it just, it just is. If you need to smile and you're having a bad day because whatever it is in your food allergy world, go listen to this one and you're going to feel better about it. I promise you're going to feel better. I love that. That's (laughs) so true. This, uh, that episode is a fantastic episode for all the reasons you just said. I think (laughs) some people might be concerned about, well, why are you equating a food allergy to someone who just doesn't like a food? It's all about regarding like the broccoli is right. tonight. It's yeah. all about age appropriate. Absolutely. And he was and three. Exactly. Yeah. And what really struck me about Joey's parents is that they seem very in tune to their kiddos. Yeah. And and they were able to to teach Joey from a very young age that yeah, he has cryptidite, but everybody has a cryptidite. Right. So you're lucky that you know what yours is. So yes. now you know what it is. So that's, a, that's not gonna you, that, that's not gonna keep you down. Right. You know, and then you know, clearly he got to the point of like this is serious because he would be the one at from a very young age. Mm-hmm. So it's all about age appropriate communication with yeah, with your kiddo 
your kiddo receiving the information, however, you know that ki- your kiddo will best receive it. Yes. Um, you know, teaching a, a five-year-old about how mast cells degranulate <laughs> and that's why you have anaphylaxis, not going to get you the outcome that you right. want. <laughs> and I think too, you know, whether it's food allergies or anything that you're going through in life with your with your kids, everything is age appropriate. And so, you know, um, you know, when you have to tell your child that they have XYZ and it makes them feel lonely and why me, then, you know, you make sure that daddy has one too, you know, or that mama has one too, or, you know, your brother may not have that, but he has this. And it's just about, and we are favorite pediatrician that we ever had um, one day told us everyone has something, you know, and it's true. Everyone has something. Um, It doesn't have to be a food allergy. No, I wouldn't tell my 10 year old I'm allergic to, you know, whatever asparagus because I don't like it, (laughs) Um, you know, but when you're three and you don't like certain foods and that's what, you know, it just, it's, it was just so nice. It was just so nice um, overall and just how, how friendly they were, how positive they were. You know, a lot of my fears of being kind of a helicopter parent, you know, they never use the term helicopter parent, but they did say that they followed him around all the time and they were, you know, they didn't just let him roam at at dinner parties and, and how they had to educate their families. And it's all things I've been through. And it's all things that anybody in a food allergy world or family has been through at some point or another. Um, but I don't think Joey knew from maybe I'm misremembering, but I don't think Joey was really aware of how much his parents were no. protecting him. And right. so yeah. they it, it was really, I mean, they they worked so hard kind of behind the scenes to exactly. keep him safe while they were teaching him. Mm-hmm. How he can keep himself safe. So it was a nice sort of transition, it, it sounds valid. like. Yeah, because yeah. he even said, I, I don't remember if you asked him or, and I just listened to this episode yesterday. So if you think I should remember, but <laughs> at some point it was asked, Did you have anxiety growing up? And he said, No, I can't remember, you know, aside from just normal anxiety that you would as a child or maybe, you know, a situation that made him uncomfortable. He didn't live with anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. And it was because his parents did such a good job of, you know, having that anxiety kind of behind the scenes. You know, they mm-hmm. carried that on their shoulders and they wanted to keep him protected. Not to say that if your child has anxiety about a food allergy that you're not doing a good job. No. No. My child has had anxiety. We have, you know, gotten treatment for her for anxiety over an allergic reaction. So, and I'm, I think I'm a pretty good parent and I think I'm, you know, not to toot my own horn, but you know, I think I'm doing a good job. Um, so, you know, so that's not to say that you can do everything right and your child may still have anxiety or may not, you know, it, it is what it is, but just the fact that that was one of their main goals, you know, to just make sure that they could prevent that from happening, that they knew Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, he could or could not, but, Uh, It was just so good. It really was. It was just so good. And not to, you know, take away from any of the other episodes that we've done or that you've done, but just as a parent in the trenches, just listen to this one. It will really put you in a, um, I don't know, in a kind of a better headspace, I guess. Just even if just for that moment, it will give you sort of that light at the end of the tunnel feeling. 
And just for clarification to all my listeners, our listeners, Pam is a fantastic mother (laughs) and her husband is a fantastic father and her children are fantastic. Your whole family is fantastic. Thank you. I'm a big fan. The Pam (laughs) show. And, you know, kind of as we close, you know, what you're saying about being a parent and the, the shows that you've really liked and talking about some, some folks have anxiety, some folks have these challenges, like that's what this podcast and what the website is all about. It's about providing good resources so that wherever you are on your food allergy journey with your kiddo, that you're able to find good information about food allergy that is going to put you in a good headspace. I like yeah. that. I like that terminology because there's a lot of scary stuff out there. And it's not to say that anaphylaxis is not scary. It absolutely can be. But you can equip yourself. And mm-hmm. that's what food allergy and your kiddo is all about is helping you be prepared. So you have as much information as possible to to understand the risks, understand some great approaches to food allergy, whether it's social stuff, school stuff, mm-hmm. and then the medical side of it, understanding what is IgE, what is a skin test, yeah. you know, all of that. So if you haven't checked out foodallergyinyourkiddo.com, definitely check it out. There's a lot of great information on there. And that that's really why we do it. So mm-hmm. Pam, thank you so much for sharing you. your your top three. And um, that's that's really it for this episode. I am going to say, though, um, one last thing. Just when speaking about, you know, we want this podcast and the website to be about all stages of your food allergy journey, definitely let us know, you know, write in and let us know what else you would want to listen to or hear about. Because, um, you know, for my experience anyway, my child is 11, you know, and so I only have that kind of experience. And so if you would like to hear more stories like Joey's story, which was so great to hear because of that, because he is an older, he's a young adult, you know, living with a food allergy, um, you know, let us know for sure, Mm -hmm. because we can definitely try to cater to some of those um, concerns or desires that you may have. Absolutely. And if, if you find a journal article and you're like, oh, Who's this author? This this is interesting. Uh, let me know. I've got some really awesome folks lined up for the show in the next few weeks after the the recent Academy American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology meeting. And you know, I get to meet some of these folks. It was virtual this year, so it wasn't it wasn't um, the best experience for chit chatting. But it's I feel very blessed to be able to practice food allergy to, to really help families Mm -hmm. on a very granular level with this, but then to also be able to have a platform where I can, I can bring on world renowned experts, you know, like we just had, uh, Dr. Karina Venter on. Um, so good too. Go back and listen to that guy. (laughs) That was a great one. So good. So good. Um, you know, so yeah, let us let us know because we want this to be the space for you to come for good information about food allergy and your kiddo. So that's it for the podcast. Visit mm-hmm. foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. You can subscribe to my email list there and you'll never miss an episode. You get good information um, and sometimes fun extras from, from me, Dr. Alice Hoyt. And remember, I'm an allergist. 
but I'm not your allergist. So talk with your allergist about everything you learned on today's episode and and what you're reading on foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. Okay, God bless you and God bless your family. 